The following is a presentation of the Chicago Bears Network and ChicagoBears.com. Download the Chicago Bears official mobile app for up-to-the-minute Bears content every day. And now, welcome to Bears All Access, your all-access pass into Chicago Bears football. Bears All Access is brought to you by IGS Energy and sponsored by Athletico Physical Therapy and CDW. Good to be back, everybody. Our weekly visit with you Bears fans out there with Tom Thayer. I'm Jeff Joniak, and this is 670 The Score and Bears All Access brought to you by IGS Energy. Good to have you alongside with our producers tonight, Adam Stadzinski in the Score studio, helping us out along with Dan Barilli and Jordan Treadup. The lineup tonight includes the following. Big Jim Miller joining the program Coming up at 6.08 for a few segments, as he does, our weekly guest from SiriusXM NFL Radio and the former Bears quarterback, all things NFL. He's got the wide view. And then we'll refocus a little bit on your Chicago Bears with a visit from Bill Shuey, the new outside linebackers coach. Been with the organization for a while now, since 2018. A long and interesting coaching career. He'll be our guest coming up at the bottom of the hour. Good evening, Tom Thayer. Good evening, Tom hey, Thayer. what's new, buddy? Hey, what's what new, is buddy? new? What is new? Oh, nothing. Just excited to be, uh, you know, watching the wires, the conversation about the NFL, the different elements of the league they're talking about, the players trying to get involved in the conversations and their own team speculation where big free agents are going to go. And the real the the NFL year hasn't even gotten underway yet, but there is never you're never starved for a topic with the you know whether it be the bears or just the nfl in general and honestly it's that way every year big time and you know what to what are you referring to today i mean really what what really came across the wire today it's guess what quarterback conversations we've already seen matthew stafford movies seen carson wentz jason uh or excuse me uh, jared goff and, and now the constant drama what appears to be around Deshaun Watson, according to ESPN, uh, meeting with the new head coach, David Cully, and says, hey, listen, I'm sticking to my guns. I don't want to play for you. So now what? Now what? Well, I, I don't think he necessarily doesn't want to play for the new head coach. He doesn't want to play well, for the organization. Well, yeah. So, so yeah. I mean, you know what's really tough for you? Bring in a head coach, and he takes the job, and he's excited because he has a, a, a franchise quarterback that could be there for another decade. And you think of one of the most important building blocks. But, you know, it seems like right now all a lot of the players that are free agents are unhappy in what's going on with themselves and their organizations. Hey, you know, it's they have the talent. They have the ability to go out there and say, look, I, I, I want to go elsewhere. I don't know if it's the best thing for the NFL, but um, – that's just the world that we live in today. Everybody has an opinion about where all these quarterbacks are going to. And then you got the agent for Seattle quarterback Russell Wilson. This is the one that stirred up Twitter today. Um, not demanding a trade, according to his agent Mark Rogers, telling Adam Schefter of ESPN, wants to remain in Seattle. But if you're, if you're thinking about moving me, there are only four places I want to go. One of them is Chicago, one Dallas, New Orleans, and Vegas. So, this is what's coming out of that camp. There seems to be some bad blood brewing there in some form or fashion because it's been several weeks of this kind of constant conversation now about Russell Wilson. About Russell Wilson. Well, you know, it's the, the you know, it's in some of the disagreement with Russell Wilson is he talks about he's been sacked 394 times throughout a period in Seattle, and then he talks he wants to have a hand with the personnel decisions. 
And I don't think that's a player's right. I think the player should play the game. And, um, you know, the unfortunate way, the, the times that he holds the ball a little bit longer than possibly he should because he has great faith and great trust in his athleticism, sometimes it does result in a sack. So, man, I, I think if the most important position on the team isn't focused about the team, it's really it could, it could have some bad circumstances to go along with him if he's only thinking about what he can do, not necessarily what he should be doing. Right. I mean, he, he has been hit a lot. He has been sacked a lot. There are many factors. It's it's They've drafted a bunch of offensive linemen uh, for a period of time there, as many as any team in the National Football League. They, they did uh, get some terrific receiving weapons, and he helped make some of those weapons better players because of, of his ability. So it's an interesting uh, cross-section of thoughts and – it's a it's it's immovable objects here. You got you got a, a veteran head coach in Pete Carroll. You got a, a now a veteran quarterback Russell Wilson that Seattle drafted in the middle rounds to, uh, in, in in a very impactful way has has risen to the challenge of of not being a first round pick. But you know what? I, I have great admiration for Russell Wilson. Same. I think every time you get a chance to watch him on TV or he plays against the Bears, his athleticism, the, how well physically conditioned he is how he can make an old defensive player look old in the fourth quarter so you know with with whatever he's capable of doing i i admire what he's already put down in terms of his early career template and i'm sure he's got a great deal of confidence in himself that he can do the same thing if it is in seattle or if it is not in seattle uh, another nugget today th- this week i should say not just today and uh, we'll be getting a jim miller here in just just a bit uh that cory lindsley feels like he's not going to be back with the green bay packers uh considered by many one of if not the best center in football uh he's turning 30 in july but again, this is all salary cap related. You know, things are happening around every roster. There's going to be a ton of it. Denver today releasing a five-time Pro Bowl defensive tackle in Jarrell Casey. Casey. Right. You know, with Lindsley and even Bakhtiari, I mean, it's it's easy to be considered one of the best players at your position when you play in front of Aaron Rodgers. Now, if you put these players on different teams, and we've seen it throughout Peyton Manning's career, where there's a couple of guys that have gotten free agent opportunities with teams that had lesser supporting cast, and they never lived up to the same role that they showed what they had the ability to, when they were playing behind in front of Peyton Manning. So I think when you talk about the best center in the league, you, you, you better just you know temper that a little bit. He's a good player. But he's got one of the best quarterbacks in the history of the game behind him. Yeah, it happens at multiple positions. I could think of many wide receivers that were a number two or number three, and then they had a great year because of the attention paid to their number one, and then he goes out in the free agent market and never lives up to that billing. Or a great pass rusher uh, is on one side, and the, the other guy's getting all the benefit because this guy's getting double teamed, and now he becomes a high-priced free agent. So it's all very interesting. We'll discuss with Jim Miller here on Bears All Access after a first time out here on Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. Welcome back, everybody, to Bears All Access, brought to you by IGS Energy. Choose clean energy for your home at IGS.com. Because every good choice adds up to a better world. Our show a little bit better right now with Big Jim Miller joining the program in Sirius XM NFL Radio, moving the chains with our man Pat Kerwin with Tom Thayer. I'm Jeff Joniak. Big Jim, welcome back this week. How you feeling? 
I'm doing great, Jeff. Tom, always good to be with you guys. You so quiet, that. though, right now, right? It's yeah. just, I, it's way too quiet in the NFL. I just, not enough's going on, not, not enough conversation. What the heck? Well, when, I, when's I, it going to heat up, Jim? Yeah, I think it's going to start heat. Well, teams are still figuring out. There's a lot of oh, teams. Oh, I'm, I'm being facetious because <laughs> every minute there's some new rumor. Well, yeah, it's a lot of, well, we call this the, the protest season. You know, there's a lot of, uh, you know, players protesting about where they want to be and where they want to go, and I don't want the tag and all these type of things. And, yeah, there's a lot of spec- speculation and, and rumor, and some are just thrown out there because there's really nothing to write about right now. I, th- I just think teams are trying to figure out what they're going to do. In the next week or so, probably in the next 10 days, you're going to see a bloodletting of players oh. around the NFL. There is going to be, like right now, Pat and I went through it. There's over 500 free agents that are out there. I mean, there's over 20 free agent running backs at that position alone. There's over 40 defensive backs that are out there. You just mentioned Jarrell Casey. He's on the market. There literally will be over 700 free agent guys that are on the market here in the next 10 days. There is going to be a huge bloodletting of teams that need to clear up some cap space. Look at Denver. Just by releasing A.J. Bouye and Jarrell Casey, they just got $24 million back on their salary cap. $24 million. What can you do with with that money? And that that's where teams are really looking at right now, so that they can clear up and get in this free agent market as much as they can. I have a question for both you guys. If Trevor Lawrence wasn't such a sure thing, would we be talking more about the first couple picks of the draft? Because it seems like we're only talking about free agency, and that's the veteran side of it. Where up until this point. The three of us may have had three or four conversations about the about the combine and about mm-hmm. the draft, but it just seems like everybody's just you know, hey, Trevor Lawrence is going to go here, and then let's see where everybody else falls in the. Yeah, I, I, I'll weigh in first because Jim, it, there is no combine, so we're not there uh, talking about guys. Because ordinarily, we'd be at the combine, we'd be getting together, we'd be talking about everything that transpired over the course of the week. And what's going to happen next week, or who's going to run this? Yeah, it's it's oddly different. And most of my, I mean, I started strong right when the playoffs started, getting ready for the draft and starting that process. But I've shifted now to free agency for what you just said. To have that many people out on the free market, I mean, it's it. I don't want to be a veteran right now. Well, well here's here's what I'd say is, but those are known commodities. These guys coming out in the draft are not. You know, everybody can say, oh, here are the Jets and two. They should take uh, Zach Wilson uh, out there at, at BYU or, or or Justin Fields or you name the, the quarterback. I mean, I just don't see that happening. Again, the guys that are out there are known commodities, and you're going to be potentially drafting a player that you even – that opted out last year. You know, there are some guys mm-hmm. – like I just uh, interviewed Rousseau, the University of Miami pass rusher. That guy's only played one season. One season of games that you're going to – and people get mad at the Bears. Oh, Mitch Trubisky only had 13 starts. This guy's got less than Mitch. Wow. And you're going to well, draft him. You well, know? Tommy, so, ju- ju- on that vein, that. Let, let, I want to hear both of you guys on this. You know, how I know how you are, Tom. Mm-hmm. It's all about ball. So – and granted, there are a lot of guys that, you know, you're going through your list, and these are top guys that chose to avoid injury or for personal reasons, did not play at their colleges in the pandemic uh, circumstance, are you going to look at those guys differently despite their great talent? No, I, I no, I would, you know, I kind of frown upon guys um, like the San Francisco guy that sits out because he was injured in college, and then he, he doesn't have a, a lengthy track record of being durable, Nick Bosa. 
So he doesn't have that track record of staying healthy through multiple seasons in college where he had to stop playing a senior year. Then he got injured as a rookie. Then he got injured as a second-year guy. Some of the guys that sat out just because of the uncertainty of the COVID, um, are, are, you, are they coming in to be a starter? And I think there's more pressure on them coming in to be a starter because of some of the free agents that are not being signed. Jim, put your scouting cap on. How do you how are you going to evaluate those guys? Yeah, I think one teams are evaluating differently, and this year is going to be even more challenging. Again, that's why I think you'll see more guys drafted from the Reese's Senior Bowl because at least you got to see them play in an all-star game where you could watch a week, week of practices of the top talent going against each other. I'm not saying these guys are going to be rusty. I mean, certain guys are going to be rusty, but I think it showed down in Mobile that guys could quickly get back and involved because there were opt-out guys that I thought you know really showed and really flashed and got their sea legs under them pretty quickly and that they will be able to rebound and they will be able to, to contribute. But again, there's just so much less tape that you can watch on these guys, as, as we've just mentioned. So if we already thought the draft was a 50-50 crapshoot, case in point, Isaiah Wilson. We all mm-hmm. see what happens with him with Tennessee right now. The guy hasn't even been with the team 10 months. He's a first-round draft pick, and he's already on the block to be traded. Granted, he had some off the field. He actually had more incidents off the field than snaps that he played for the Tennessee Titans. Mm. So you better do your due diligence because the information is not going to be easy uh, to come by because all these numbers, heights, weights, 40 times, 10-yard splits, watching them work out. You may not even have a, a be able to have a personal workout uh, with a player. Um are we able to even take all 30 guys? Every team is able to invite 30 guys to their facility. Is that even possible here? Even Roger Goodell said, eh, we're going to keep some of this virtual stuff in place and potentially the draft again. Nothing's been decided yet, but I think all those things are in place. So information is going to be tough to come by is my take of how it's going to unfold. You know, I wish the young guy from the Tennessee Titans would have taken the challenge by the GM as kind of a motivator and say, all right, I'm going to prove you wrong. I'm going to show you exactly that you picked the right guy. I'm going to be more disciplined during the football season. I'm going to be a productive football player during the season. And so I think nowadays you get a a GM that challenges a young man because they see his upside, and then they now they want to be traded. What incentive is another team have to go out and get this guy if he always is already proved maybe to the GM that his work ethic and his work habits need to improve. Yeah. And how about that? The minute the GM challenged him, he writes on Twitter that he he no longer wants to be a Tennessee Titan. So he basically quit, basically quit on his team. How many, how many other teams want that? Well, you know, I was talking with Jason McKee today briefly and it's just a different, even he's not that far removed from the national football league as a player when you think about it and just how quickly it has changed and these guys have voices on Twitter and and Instagram or whatever and whether they're they're not able to 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 stop from hitting send or it's truly how they're being positioned how they feel or their agents are giving them the green light to do it it's it's a it's a loud cacophony of of, of a lot of noise right now, and uh, it's everybody feels they can you know just say whatever, and there's no repercussion. But for a guy like that, a first round pick, there's serious repercussion, and somebody you know, will pick him guy, up. The young guy from Tennessee who they believe has enough ability to be evaluated to be a first rounder in the NFL, 
there are some elder statesmen offensive linemen there that should bring this guy in their inner circle and say, hey, look, this is what we need out of you because we need you to be the player in which the Tennessee Titans drafted you for. And if you come and play up to your athleticism, your dedication, you know, you could help us be a major player in the league. You guys like Tom Thayer and Jim Miller to help tutor him a little bit. We're going to take a break here on Bears All Access. Coming up at the bottom of the hour, Bill Shuey. The Bears' new outside linebackers coach getting the promotion to that position here for 2021 will join us with Jim and Tom. I'm Jeff Joniak. This is Bears All Access, brought to you by IGS Energy on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. The Chicago Bears Network presents Inside the Bears, brought to you by Verizon. Anthony Adams, Lawrence Greeden cover the world of Bears football on and off the field every Sunday night. At 10.35 p.m. on Fox 32 Chicago. Or watch anytime at ChicagoBears.com or on the Bears official app. Remind me to give Double A a little bit of the business because, you know, he's a Chicago guy now, right? He's dropped anchor here. He's raising his family and some uh, with a Pistons jersey on going back to his Detroit roots. Jim Miller, you know, that's all good. But, you know, Bulls are playing well. Game under 500. Let's go. Plenty to talk about in Chicago. I mean, right. You know, got off season here, basketball. I mean, what's not to be fired up about, Jeff? You're in, you're in your, you're in your true medium right now, aren't you? Yes, yes. So I, I we do, uh, Tom and I talked about in the first segment about uh, the, the Wilson stuff today and the Deshaun. You have anything to add? What are you? How are you guys uh, handicapping this whole situation? Well, it's you know, it's I think like you said, there's so much out there like via social media and things that are being stated, whether it's by the player or by the player's agent. You know, it, it, to me, well, it's it's a good analogy. It almost feels like the NBA, like players just want to talk themselves out of places. You know, whether it's Jamal Adams last year talking his way out of New York, and here you have the, the Deshaun Watson situation uh, down there in Houston that came to a head. They had a meeting Friday. He told the new head coach to his face that he doesn't want to play for Houston anymore. Russell Wilson, you know, I'm kind of, and I love Russell Wilson. He's always, to me, been a, a classy guy. But what has Seattle not done for Russell Wilson? He got a $140 million contract. They've drafted 15 offensive linemen. They've been to two Super Bowls. They have just recently fired their offensive coordinator and hired a new one that they gave him say in hiring Shane Waldron. And now he supposedly wants out of Seattle? I mean, I I I just don't get it, but it seems like it's more like the NBA that the players just want to drive where they want to play, and I'd be careful because the grass is not always greener. It, it really isn't. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the thing about Russell is the supporting cast they put around him, the type of head coach Pete Carroll is, the atmosphere he's created up there, the defensive personnel that they've been able to add, keep in place, and and have as a supporting cast for him. You know, he's brought a lot of life to that city throughout his career. And, um, you know, if there was a team out there that was suffering for a franchise quarterback but picked up his contract and then did not have the supporting cast to um, allow him to be, you know, sacked less or, or, you know, turn the offensive around like they've been able to do in Seattle. In Seattle, too, when you blow there and play in Seattle – it's almost a guaranteed win because of the viciousness of the crowd. I, I thought it was interesting. I don't know if you guys read that article in The Athletic. I did, and one of the quotes was that, you know, Russell was basically stating to the coaches, like, hey, man, I'm, I'm chasing the greats. When did this become about numbers? Isn't it about winning? That's yeah. what it's about. It's about winning games. All those numbers are going to fall into place if you're winning games and, and things like that. So I just, I don't know, I, I think it, it – 
you you come off you know and just have a bad taste in your mouth about you know what that conversation those conversations were were about and you just view him a little bit different i i just my personal opinion i thought it was somewhat selfish uh that article that that came out today and some of the quotes that were in there all right interesting uh, as well today from tom pelicero from nfl network a virtual meeting with nflpa's executive director demoris smith and the agents imploring them if they have a free agent at one position the same position collude literally collude and try to increase the leverage in contract talks because of the drop in the salary cap this year at least 180 it's going to go up maybe another eight last year was 198 too all dropping because of the pandemic uh, what is your initial reactions to both of that to to me first yeah go, oh, ahead, go ahead jim go ahead go ahead tom well, I mean, it it just you know seemed to kind of contrived and and start getting guys to have conversations about where they want to play, who do they want to play with, how much do they want to play for, and so the only one that's benefiting really is the agents themselves, because there's no guarantee that you're going to put a player in place that he's going to be a part of playoffs or Super Bowl, and I think. With Russell Wilson, if, if he wants to be moved, then he should be talking about a team that he's going to help get to the Super Bowl because I think they're supporting Russell Wilson financially in with the personnel to try to, hit, try to get him to personnel or try to get him to Super Bowl. If you're telling these guys to sit there and collude and, and have conversations of how they can put a guy on a football team, when you talk about 60 guys, it's different than – the basketball basketball teams being able to put two or three guys together with the supporting cast to allow them to get back in in the play playoff tempo they're looking for. Yeah, I, I just don't yeah, get it at all to say that all they didn't request to be traded, and then you list teams that can't even afford you. the The team that he needed, one of the teams in there were the Saints. The Saints have to slash two hundred million dollars. They can't fit his thirty five million dollar contract in their financial budget right now. Uh, they haven't even decided what they're doing with Drew Brees. They've already cut him down to a million dollars for base salary in order. So, I mean, that's just flat out. It doesn't even make sense to even bring up that team. Now, if he said New England or other teams out there that have cap space, yeah, I could believe that. That's why it's total, to me, just misinformation that's being floated out there. Hey, Jim, we got to hit a break. Coming up on the other side, we're joined by Bill Shuey, Bears' new outside linebackers coach. It's just ahead here on Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. This segment of Bears All Access is brought to you by Athletico Physical Therapy. Visit athletico.com to request an appointment in clinic or virtually and start feeling better tomorrow. With Tom Thayer and Jim Miller, I'm Jeff Joniak. Welcome back to Bears All Access here on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score, our special guest tonight, Bears assistant coach Bill Shuey, now the outside linebackers coach here in 2021. Bill, thanks for taking the time out. Appreciate you being on. How are you feeling? Great, guys. Uh, thanks for having me on. Good to talk to you. Uh, first of all, uh, you've done a lot. You've done a lot in your coaching career, and now to have a, a whole position to your own uh, with Matt Nagy and his system here since 2018. You've known him a long time. How, how does it feel, first and foremost? Oh, I, I'm blessed, guys. Um, I'm I'm very fortunate. I'm happy to have the opportunity and looking forward to the challenges. If you could put in a in a word – what would be your coaching style, or uh, not one word, but just give me an example of what for for those of, of those folks out there that may not know of you or your background? Sure, yeah, you know, a lot of people talk about coaching uh, being teaching, and and that's 
that's uh, how I would equate it to. And so, I, you know, that's part of my background prior to getting into coaching. And, uh, you know, that's what, that's what I try to do. You know, I take, I take pride in, in um, you know, trying to get the best out of each guys and each of the guys and, and finding their strengths and keeping them strong and cultivating weaknesses to, to be, you know, to, for guys to get better and working with young guys and also with the veteran guys and, you know, finding a good, a, a good, a good culture and, you know, trying to make the most out of the room, you know, but my, I would say that, you know, the one thing about me is, you know, I consider myself a teacher and that's why, you know, I find coaching a calling, you know, I, it was something I'll, I'll tell you a quick story is at one point in time, I tried as, as I started to have my family, I tried to get, I tried to step away from coaching because hmm. you know, the hours in coaching are not your normal, you know, nine to five hours. And, you know, I, I knew it was going to be a challenge to raise a family and be a coach. And so I tried, but I got to be honest with you guys, it was something in my blood and it was something that I just felt I had to do. And I've been fortunate and blessed to be around a lot of good people. And over the 20 some years that I've been coaching, um, you know, it's, it's always been about the people. Hey, Bill, Jeff talked a lot about your extensive uh, background in college coaching. So in the end, you've been in the NFL for quite a while. How does the coaching conversation change when you're teaching a college athlete to a pro athlete? That's a good question. I, I don't know that the conversation changes a whole lot because the one thing that, you know, I've tried to do as a, as a coach, you know, some guys, some guys really focus in on the scheme part of, of coaching. Other guys are really strong on the fundamental aspect of a given position. And I've tried to do my best to be well-versed in, in all of them. And I got a long, you know, obviously everybody can improve and I've got a long way to go in, in the various areas. But, you know, that's the one thing I, I think that it doesn't matter what level you're coaching at. It comes down to the ability to communicate with, with people, to formula, formulate relationships with them. And I'll tell you the common thread that I found is that if, if people know that you care about them and, and they believe that you possess the ability to make them better, uh, you know, they're going to buy in, and it usually works out, you know, for the best for both sides. And, uh, you know, we bring out the best in, in each other, and, and at the end of the day, that's the goal, you know, to help the team move forward. Hey, Coach, uh, Jim Miller here, and thanks for joining us. Give us a few moments of your day. I thought I read a quote today from Arthur Smith, the new head coach of the Atlanta Falcons. I thought it was really interesting about last year, about learning from every experience. And he also talked about the lessons he learned about the virtual world. Uh, you know, what, what lessons learned from your aspect of how you just brought up teaching and communicating with young players of the challenges of this past year in 2020 that do you carry forward here in 2021 uh, lessons you've learned? Sure. Uh, it's a good question, Jim. And, and, and I think that, you know, coach Smith was right on there, you know, learning from every experience is, you know, that if you can do that, uh, you know, that's efficiency in the learning process. And, the, there were certain inherent challenges with the, you know, on, you know, the, the virtual, um, you know, meetings and, and that, I mean, cause everybody learns differently. Mm. And so, you know, the one thing, you know, when you're teaching, you're trying to, you're trying to, to teach to, you know, the guy that's at the top of the class in, in a certain aspect and, and also the guy that might be struggling with something, you got to keep everybody interested and engaged. And so you don't have as many options or maybe the options are different in the virtual uh, world than they are maybe when you're hands on, you know, some guys that like to learn by doing 
you didn't have that option for the most part. You could take them through a quiz and you could, you could walk through certain film and ask them to explain things to you, but you couldn't stand there next to a guy and, and, and go through some things and have the eye to eye, you know, inner that personal relationship when you're trying to figure out the nonverbal sometimes as y'all, you're looking at somebody's face and the way their body's moving as best you can. So I think there was some challenges there with the, the virtual uh, coaching part of it, but, you know, there were also some benefits. There were some, some efficiencies that were gained in doing so. Um, and so, you know, I, you know, there, in a perfect world, you'd rather be, in my opinion, you'd rather be face to face with somebody. That being said, you know, you can, you can make anything work. Bill Shuey, our guest here on Bears All Access on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score brought to you by IGS Energy. Jeff Joniak along with Tom Thayer, Jim Miller. Well, the virtual meetings, uh, that's that's here to stay, it sounds like. That was the word Wednesday from Commissioner Roger Goodell, so it'll be interesting. But I want to circle back a little bit because, uh, and Tom can attest to this, Jim can attest to this, I love everybody's journey. I don't care if you're a player or coach in this game. And for 30-plus years, I love finding out the journeys. And so, doing a little bit more homework on you. This was a wrestler, a lightweight wrestler, I might add, in high school with no football. But then you go and play semi-pro football. You get an internship at Three River Stadium, so that's not necessarily working for the Steelers. You're working for Three River Stadium. You're a marketing intern in 99 with the Eagles, an assistant training camp coordinator, and, oh, by the way, here's Big Red. Andy Reid looks at that. He says, wow, this guy's... This guy's got got something. How the heck did this happen? Well, you did some homework, Jeff. That was right. that was excellent. I'm telling you. Uh, yeah, that that's your 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 background check is accurate. So, <laughs> you know, last, last time, the last time I played, I played ninth grade football. That was it. And like you're right, I I uh, I should say I played football when I was in ninth grade, and I, and I was a lightweight wrestler in high school in a, in a very good wrestling area, and. Uh, you know, it just wasn't unfortunate. And, you know, I was a younger guy from my age. You know, I was I was 17 when I went to college, and so, you know, it was it was what it was. I really had to work because I loved football. You know, growing up, I played you know youth football. You know, for however many years it was, seven or eight years prior to that. You know, as soon as I could put the helmet on, and we were bobbleheads back then. You know, I was doing that, and then. You know, uh, I took a I took a break, you know, and I, I just kept working. So when my wrestling career was over, I just kept working. And it was always in the back of my mind, if I could ever build my body up, I'd love to give it another shot. And, you know, I, I played briefly in college when I transferred to Slippery Rock University. I played briefly, but, um, you know, that, that didn't work out. Then when, when I got out of college, it was probably the biggest I could possibly build my body up. And a friend of mine called me and said, you know, I'm going to go I'm going to go look at, you know, I've got a call. I'm going to go out for this uh, semi-pro team. And I said, I said, well, let me know how it goes. And a week later I was, I was interning at Three River Stadium, like you said. And I was also working security for the Pirates at night because the internship I had was not paid. So I was scratching around just trying to make ends meet. And he called me a week later and, you know, we were talking about it. And, and, and par- partly I was living on his couch sometimes too. So we were talking about it and he, and he said, you should come look at it. And I said, if I go out there, I'm not going to look. So we grabbed up some equipment and went out there and it was like day one, you were in Oklahoma's and, you know, guys were coming from all kinds of backgrounds to do that. It was a lot of fun. And I did that for five or six years until, until Andy pretty much told me, you know, he's like, uh, Bill, if something happens and you get hurt, I'm going to have to find somebody else to take your job. And I don't want to do that. So I'm asking you to please, you know, hang it up. 
And, and so I did at that point. It, it took, I will say, I didn't do it immediately. It took a little bit more, um, you know, coaxing from, from Coach Reed. But uh, eventually I did. I, I loved it. It was a lot of fun. I met a lot of, again, it was about the people. You know, that's one of the things about football that makes it such a great sport. You know, it's a team sport, truly is. And it was always about the people in the locker room and on the bus trips that we were taking and everything else. It was a lot of fun. And that's how I bet. That was one of the things I think when I first met Andy, I was I was stocking refrigerators at training camp at Lehigh University in Bethlehem. And, you know, he heard from, from somebody, it could have been Sean McDermott or somebody, that I was playing semi-pro football when the Eagles were playing, uh, you know, away preseason games. And he, we struck up a conversation and, and he found it, interesting that I could spend so much time working at training camp and still find a way to play football. Hey, Bill, you know, uh, talking about your, uh, the extensive time that it takes to be a coach in the NFL, but then reading about all the different hats you wore at uh, Widener College, how did you teach yourself to use your time for each of those duties and how does it carry up into your NFL career? Yeah, that's, uh, so when I, when I was at, when I was at Widener, uh, I was fortunate that, you know, the, the guy that was the head coach there uh, was an offensive coach, and I knew him. He, had, he was a scout for the Eagles at one point in time, and he coached for the Eagles uh, briefly. And so uh, when he got the head coaching job at Widener, we had a couple conversations. And when I went down there, I was a defense coordinator. Um, you know, we had, we had success right out of the gate, and it was a lot of fun. And uh, But as, as we kept moving forward, and, and I started to understand, you know, because there's, there's a learning curve to everything. So I was starting to understand, you know, the recruiting at that level, how the academics fit in, the time constraints of certain students and, and the challenges that they faced. You know, I just felt that there was more I could do to help. And that was what I was, you know, I was always about trying to help young men, develop young men, and also help the team win. And uh, I just felt there was more I could do to help. And that's what I pretty much said to him. I said, look, I think I, I see an area where I think I could – bring value. What do you think? And every year I just kept adding another piece on and, you know, finally got to the point where he's like, he's like, Bill, you're doing everything you possibly can. And at the time I still had some young kids back home. So it really came down to efficiency too. You know, I made sure like when we ran meetings, there was an agenda to every meeting and everybody knew what the bullet points were and what the goals were for the meeting. And, you know, we were, we got in and out and guys knew that they had to be, they had to pay attention and they appreciated that approach, I think. And so we were able to get a lot done efficiently, and that's why I was able to do as much as I did there, you know, from recruiting coordinator to assistant special teams coordinator, defensive coordinator. And I, for a couple of those years, I was able to walk around as a coordinator, but then, at, you know, that last year I was secondary coach also. Well, Coach, we were just talking on the air before uh, uh, you joined us about, you know, normally we'd be down at the Combine watching guys work out and all the interviews and all that, and at least free agencies around the corner. But you can watch tape on the on the free agents and, and actually see guys in games. And how challenging is that going to be this year? Because or what you can share with our listeners, are you even able to go out and work out any potential, uh, you know, guys coming out of college this year and, and to get all the information you need to get a proper evaluation? It's my understanding, uh, Jim, that the way that it, it works, like each team can have a maximum of, I think, three guys at each pro day. Okay. And you're not allowed to work out. Like when, when I was a linebacker coach for the Eagles, you know, that was one of the things that we – we like to do like you'd call guys up and get private workouts and you'd be able to have a dinner with them or something like that. Really, you know, 
get to know somebody as much as you can in a, you know, a 12 hour, 24 hour period, you know, so now you got to lean on, you, there's always trust and, and, and you got to lean on some other guys in the organization for that because the film is the film. Yeah. And, and the benefit of that is you don't get sidetracked with some of the other things that you could, that you would have to fight the urge from getting sidetracked on in that evaluation process at the combine and everything else. So that's a positive to it. But the downside is that you want to know about, you know, you're trying to figure out the integrity of a guy, the work ethic of a guy, um, their ability to learn as you teach them something and you, and you go back to it. And so you can do some of that on Zoom interviews. Uh, but like I said, there's a little bit of the personal element that, that, gets, that gets lost when you're looking through a computer screen at somebody as opposed to, to eye to eye. So, you know, there are ways around it. Like I said, you do get more focused on what you see on film, and that's going to be the approach. All right, Bill, uh, one last question before I let you go, and really appreciate, again, your time. I, I heard something yesterday from Bulls head coach Billy Donovan uh, when Zach Levine was named as an all-star reserve, and, it, you know, you got a superstar player, new head coach, great backgrounds, coached some great players, and he, he used the advice given to him by another NBA coach in the years. It's all about, for the player and for the coach to connect, especially a star player, and I'm thinking Khalil on this one, for example, you're in that, you're in that room, outside linebackers coach, the term voluntary cooperation, and, and that's got to come from the player to kind of send the message from the coach. Do you, do you feel that your experience with the Eagles as a linebackers coach, you spent 10 years there, and your time already here, these guys know you, will ease that transition? Yeah, I think so. I mean, that's, that's one of the benefits of, you know, being here for, for the three years prior to this upcoming year that I've been here and, and getting to know guys and, and really for those guys to get to know you, uh, you know, relationships take time and there are ways obviously to, you know, depending on people's personality, you know, it makes it easier to make it to gel with some people when, you know, depending on personalities, but time has helped me. You know, with, with all those guys, we got a great linebacker, outside linebacker room, linebacker room, period. I mean, we got great linebackers on on the defense, um, a lot of great players at all positions. But in the outside linebacker room, we got great players, but we got really good people, too. And so, you know, I'm really looking forward to, you know, seeing what I can bring to the table to help, you know, some of the veteran, more established guys. I mean, Robert Quinn is, you know, an established player also in the league with a lot of career production. And the approach is going to have to be one where they're going to have to trust me. And that's something that we've built along the way. And I'm looking forward to working with them and, and, and helping them get better and try to maximize, you know, what they've got. Bill, it was outstanding. Thank you so much for sharing those stories. We look forward to talking to you soon. Oh, great. Great guys. I appreciate it. Uh, Y'all have a great night. All right. You too. Bill Shuey, Bears outside linebackers coach, kind enough to join us here. This is Bears All Access. We'll take a break. Be back with Jim with some final comments from him here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Hey, Bears fans, when shopping for your game day celebrations, hey, don't forget to pick up your favorite variety of Lay's potato chips and Tostitos. Tostitos and Lay's are an essential part of the game day tradition and the official chip of your Chicago Bears. Go Bears. Tom Thayer. My broadcast partner from WBBM and Jim Miller, former Bears quarterback and Sirius XM NFL radio host, moving the chains with Pat Kerwin. I tell you, I just took a gander at Twitter, and it's it's so blowing up about the whole uh, Russell Wilson thing. People are coming up with ideas on how to get him here, <laughs> what, was, what has to happen. I mean, you, you, this is what the NFL thrives on. And this is why it's the most popular sport and in this country, anyway, and in and, and many international places. I know soccer is number one, but 
in, in, in uh, internationally. But boy, oh boy, oh boy, this is this is right up a football fan's alley. Well, I mean, if everybody, we can dive into the rumor speculation. How about this? Seattle says uh, I've got Houdini because he's an escape artist <laughs> because uh, that's what Tom brought up about all the sacks and how he's been scrambling for his life. And basically, Deshaun Watson has the same issue, so we'll call him. Who's the other magician? Um, not Houdini. Who's the, oh, David Copperfield? We'll yeah, call. Copperfield. Okay. We'll call yeah. him David Copperfield. Okay. We'll Houdini trade you Houdini for Copperfield, and I'll take your headache. You take my headache, wow. and they'll now be both our headaches wow. just with different. Can uniforms. you imagine that one? That would seem more more possible, right? <laughs> I think so. I mean, I if mean, it gets honestly, to that point, because it's it's somewhat equal compensation, wouldn't you think? I mean. You look at Deshaun, he's age. a little bit younger. I mean, yeah. but, you know, might as well throw our hat in the ring. How's that? Jim, <laughs> let me ask you this. Is, is, what, is what Deshaun Watson's saying tarnishing the reputation of that organization where everybody knows Seattle is a great supporting organization for Russell Wilson and then going out and get Jamal and all that during the offseason? So yeah. I, I think Seattle still has a really solid reputation amongst the players where Deshaun, you know, he's got a difference of opinion. And even some of the things that J.J. Watt said before the end of the regular yeah. season yeah. about some of these guys not playing as hard as what he is expected out of them. No, I agree. I do no. think the the hit is on the organization. He brought that up earlier, Tom, because, you know, I, I don't know what Cal McNair promised or said to Deshaun Watson, but it, it seems pretty evident that if he didn't follow through on it, that's – how that relationship has deteriorated along with some other things that are, that have been going on there. So, you know, I, I, I totally agree with that assessment. I, I think Houston is really the team with the, with the black eye right now, you know, and how it's made them look and how things, all the moves that have been made. And again, you can't make promises behind closed doors and, and not keep them. And it seems like that one, why that's the reason why that has deteriorated uh, so fast. The other one, I'm I'm with you. I think they have done everything they can to support Russell. They paid him. They drafted him. They named him the starter. They paid him. Um, they tried to put weapons around him, like DK Metcalf, or even this past year with with Greg Olson. They've done everything they can to support the player who they believe in. Um, so, I mean, it'll be interesting how both these things shake out because they, this the more and more fire that more and more fuel that keeps on being thrown on this fire. It just both look like they're heading down the wrong yeah. path. No, no question. It's going to be interesting. All right, Jim, I'm going to let you go. Appreciate it as always. But, you know, I thought, I, I thought I'd seen it all, right, because Tom Thayer does not and will not ever, unless he's forced to, I guess, and maybe even then. And that, he will not go on social media, yet I, I just, out of curiosity, did a background check. I wanted to see, because our previous guest <clears> – <throat> was uh, tutored uh, in many respects by Jim Johnson, who is a Maywood product, provides lease, and he was at Notre Dame with Tom. So I, I see Welcome to Tommy Thayer Online. It's an online official website of Tommy Thayer, the lead guitarist of the legendary rock band Kiss <laughs> instead. But get a load of this story on the beaches of Kanapali. Tom, take it away. I, he's he's staying at the same place that I'm staying in Hawaii, and I I ran into him yesterday, and someone and someone that works at the hotel said, "Hey, this is Tommy Thayer from Kiss, and he wanted to meet you." 
And, and so I've always I wanted to meet him, too, because I heard of him, but I've never met him. So just so happens that we're staying in the same building, um, uh, you know, a couple feet apart from each other and had a chance to talk. And he's really enamored about the broadcasting business. And we talked a lot about the Bears and football and such. And we said we'd get together later during the week and talk. But he said that he used to go by Tom Thayer. And then when he got, he joined Kiss in 2002. <laughs> then he started going by Tommy Thayer to change it up a little bit. Right. Well, that's what you should do, though. You should have taken a picture there, and that—that's a picture. You're definitely going to gain followers. You can push the send button on that one, Tom. Send that picture out. Look, I look for it on Jeff Joniak's Twitter account later this week, Jim. Because, listen, if I had his head of hair at 60 years old, maybe oh. I'd be in a rock band. Yeah, too. I mean, it's yeah, it's 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 lengthy. It's lengthy and it's black, and he doesn't look 60 years old, Tom. And he's at Tom Tommy underscore Thayer on Twitter, so you can't even use that handle. He said, well, how old are you? And I said, well, I'll be 60 in August. And he goes, oh, I just turned 60, and I'm looking at him, and he looks great. You know, rock and roll life hasn't been hard on him, and it definitely hasn't lost any hair because of it. Well, Brothers from a different mother. Right, Way exactly. to go, Tom. <laughs> all right, Jim, we'll talk to you next week. Appreciate it, buddy. Sounds Keep us good, informed, guys. all right, on all the, the, the latest. You get all we'll the rumors. Do. We'll do, buddy. You guys right. have a good week. Jim Miller, our guest here on Bears All Access. A couple of more minutes here with Tom Thayer. want to go back to Bill Shuey because all that experience, and I, the one question if we had time would be, hey, you know, tell me a story. Tell me a story about those those games in with the Pittsburgh Colts of the Grassroots Football League and the Lehigh Valley Panthers of the Colonial Football Alliance, these, these leagues, these semi-pro leagues are probably playing on horrible fields, and gosh knows what kind of people you meet. There's got to be a good story in there. I mean, I, I can imagine his teammates smoking cigarettes in the locker room because when I first started playing in the USFL, we had guys that would run into the locker room to be able to, you know, smoke at halftime, which, you know, it's only is very few and far between. But when you're talking about a semi-pro football league, I can imagine the, you know, some of the surprisingly talented guys he saw that for some reason or other they didn't make it to what you know the next level, or else some of the guys that were didn't really look the part but were really hard hitting good football players. It would that you know you got to do a story on yeah because it's an during endless the story. season because yeah we need to hear more about uh, you know Coach Bill Shuey and his uh, semi professional football league experience all right good stuff all right before we we wrap things up here uh virtual meetings now become standard in the nfl we're not going to have as many in-person meetings when we get back that's a direct quote from roger goodell at the nfl women's careers and football forum this week quote i think technology is something we have embraced and will make us better so this is the tug of war i feel will happen because players Okay, maybe they'll get tired of the Zoom thing. There's there's a thing now. I know we heard it on WBBM, Zoom burnout, right? Or the coaches want to teach face-to-face. So the tug-of-war there, but Goodell saying that, you know, this is going to be here to stay no matter if the pandemic eases or not. Well, I think it's going to be more challenging for the coaches than it is the players because there's a certain sense of um, commitment by players have when you see what their efforts are in the weight room and stuff. But it's going to be hard getting that point across as a coach. It'll be interesting. I don't know if you could have handled it. I think you need to be face to face. You need to see the guy in the eyes, right? Hey, man, I'd be live. I'd be fighting for my job every day. <laughs> 
Big Tom, thank you Big so time. much for Tom Thayer, Jim Miller, and our special guest Bill Shuey and our producer Adam Stadzinski. Thanks for listening, everybody. This has been Bears All Access on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Thanks for listening to this Chicago Bears Network presentation of Bears All Access. Podcasts are available on ChicagoBears.com and on iTunes or download the official Bears mobile app. Bears All Access has been brought to you by IGS Energy and sponsored by Miller Lite.